Hello and welcome to Extreme Perspectives. This is a monthly podcast created by The Sense Network to bring you conversations with people who see things differently and think differently. This podcast is for people who want to expand their mind and develop their creative intelligence. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. For 20 years, I've been seeking out people from the edges of culture, the creators, outliers, misfits, rebels, and the crazy ones. People who want to change things and push the human race forward. In this episode of Extreme Perspectives, I speak with the filmmaker, coach, professional storyteller, and quiet rebel, Beatrice Kabutakapwa. Beatrice started her career as a journalist, but the medium didn't offer the freedom to tell stories in the way she felt they deserved, so she became a documentary filmmaker. She believes that listening is an important part of storytelling, because they are for the listener, not the teller. Gather around the campfire as we discuss how to find your story, find your voice, and how to tell your story. Good morning, Beatrice. Hi, Jeremy. How are you today? Good. Consider that I had my first personal training session yesterday. I feel pretty good. (laughs) So that's you getting personal training from somebody else rather than you giving it to people. Yeah, it's an interesting switch in the role. But, you know, like when you know that someone has an expertise in a specific sector that you don't have, then, yeah, you should trust them. Well, that is one of the reasons I'm delighted that we are able to speak together today. But if you have listened to the podcast, you know I begin with the same question every week. Beatrice, are you an outlier, a misfit, a rebel, or a crazy one? (laughs) I am a quiet rebel. Tell me a little bit more about why you're a quiet rebel. (laughs) I was going to say just rebel, and then I thought about the idea that we have about rebellious people. And it's oftentimes like the louder person as well. If I think about rebellions, I, th- I think about something that it's loud and it makes lots of noise, but I feel like I'm more of a quiet kind of rebel because I wouldn't necessarily be um, like an extrovert. I'm a, very much an introvert, but still there are things that I want to be, I want to see changed or things that I don't agree with. And I make changes in my own way. So yeah, that's why quiet rebel. Wonderful. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to learning a little bit more about that. Could you tell us a little bit about your journey through life, your creative journey so far, and and, and what led you to the world of storytelling and what you do today? Yeah, this story actually started when I was little. I used to um, I used to write a lot when I was a even as a child. I recently. Uh, found my an old notebook of mine and apparently I was seven years old when I filled it with poems and stories and things that then I will just share with my parents and with my sister and I started with that and then I went into journalism first PR and then journalism and I felt that that was a good way for me to tell other people's stories um, and I think that from that point on, I, was, I wasn't creating like non-fictional stories. I was very much interested in the, uh, I wasn't creating fictional story. I was very much interested in non-fictional stories. So the stories of real people around the world. So I went into journalism and I told other people's stories. 
And then I didn't feel like the um, the field was allowing me to tell the stories the way I wanted them to be told. So I didn't feel like I could connect very well with the people. I didn't feel like I was giving something back to them as well. So I went into do documentary making. And I, um, I co-produced a documentary um, on a documentary series on different in different cities of the world, looking at the African migrants, at the African communities in the different places of the world. And when I was going to meet people, the first one of the first questions that they would ask was, "So why are you doing this documentary?" And I had to uh, articulate why. Uh, several times and that meant that I had to tell my story so I was born in Italy my parents are from Congo so I always saw how migration was spoken into traditional media and it wasn't a way that I saw uh, my parents living it wasn't the experience that I had and I really wanted to tell a different story a story from the people directly so that's how I started telling my story and that's how I connected even more with other people because we there was this whole storytelling going on. And I realized that that gave me lots of confidence and lots of clarity on what I wanted to do as well. And that's how I ended up in business storytelling coaching because I started helping other, uh, especially women of color entrepreneurs, to tell their stories, to find out the story and then tell them tell the story and then tell it within their business. And then eventually I went to the corporate world as well. So can I put you on the spot and ask you <laughs> to tell your story? So it must be well rehearsed now, or do you change it? <laughs> tell me. I think that I'm quite used to share my story, but there are always new things coming out. There are always, you know, it's a, it's always a work in progress, both in the way I share it and both in the moments that I that I decide to share and both in my memories as well. Sometimes, you know, some things might come up. Like, for instance, I, I realized when I went back for to Italy for vacation this summer, I realized that when we were little, we would go and visit my uncle in uh, in Sicily. And once we went with my mom and we took this train and I really loved traveling by train, especially during the night. I, I really, I really loved it. And I was maybe 10 years old. And I remember, I always remember that in the train with us, there was another woman, but I could never remember anything else. Like I knew that there was this woman, she was really kind and we spoke to her. And then this summer, I just realized, I just had this memory that she was a writer so I remember her writing on the on the train and then telling us that she was writing and she was going into to Taormina. And this is just something that never came up before. So yeah, it always changes and evolves. So one of the things that we often feature on the Sense Network are Sensor Stories. And I'm intrigued by this in the storytelling, particularly around yourself and how you might adapt that to different situations and, and different people or different audiences that you might be sharing with. Now, one of the things I'm always thinking about is trying to find that common ground and those connection points, but also the points of difference. But this is this is not about me and, and <laughs> how I think about it. I'd love I'd love to hear a little bit more 
from you if you can share any of your experience or how you might go about helping people to to write their story what are the important elements from your perspective when you're when you're thinking about this well the very first thing that i always tell people especially when it comes to coaching rather than training them is that the sharing the story part is actually the secondary step it's not the first step that you that you take the very first step that one should take when they are trying to figure out their story is to understand what their story is and oftentimes i hear people i don't have an interesting story to tell that's the most common objection that i get which isn't true because everybody has a story to tell and the level of interest only depends on on your audience so each of us has a story to tell and then we have to understand what's the best story for our audience but yeah the very first thing is to figure out what the story is like whether it's specifically related to uh, an event a job position a purpose a um a dream and then once you figure out your story then you you have to acknowledge it because some stories are not so straightforward to accept for the person so we want to acknowledge the story and then we share the story so that's just the 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 last step in a way like the performance of the story is just the la- the the last step and the where you share the story and with whom you share the story define which story you're going to tell so if you want to make sure that you relate to people then you share a particular story that put you in put something that you have in common um in the story if you want to explain why to people you want to go to another story if you want to articulate why you have a specific dream then you go to another story but one thing that i always also repeat to people is that the story is not obviously we do like the figuring out the story acknowledging the story for ourselves but then the sharing part it's a gift that we give to others so because it is for others rather than for ourselves we want to be very much aware of what they need so we really want to make sure that we listen to their needs to their objections to whatever they are trying to communicate with us very good so do you have a, a range of different stories that that you share do you have different ones about your job or your purpose or your dream or events i thought that was a very those were some really great starting points that i'd never never thought of before yeah yeah i do i mean if i i told you before the story of how i started working as a business storytelling coach i sometimes share the story of why i do uh, storytelling and not something thing else because obviously there are different ways people can gain confidence they can connect to each other and you know but this is my thing and it is my thing because i was always submerged with stories growing up i because my parents came from congo we didn't have like our grandparents in italy so we knew them through the stories that my parents would tell us and we will have like the the longest meals ever <laughs> because we will spend the time just you know listening about my grandma and you know how she was so 
positively stubborn and strong and listening about my uh, great-grandma and, you know, all these different stories. And now I realize that oftentimes they were story of the women of my family <laughs> rather than the men of my family. Um, and I was always fascinated by how listening to the stories of my family made me feel more connected and more like I belonged because I grew up without my grandparents close by, without the extended family close by. And then I would see my classmates and they would have like their grandparents close by, they would talk to them. And I always felt like something was missing, but then the stories that I was told really recognized me and really felt, made me feel like I, I belong to the, to something, to a, to something bigger uh, than myself. And I think that that mixed to the to my to my heritage and mixed to what we see in the world that there are people who are historically uh, underestimated. That's how I like to to define. They are often told like your story doesn't matter, your voice doesn't matter, you don't matter. And I like the way how storytelling made me feel like I do matter, like I belong, like I do have a voice. And I would like to pass that on to other people as well. I think that's fascinating. And thank you for sharing that. People looking for their voice. Out of all of the people you've worked with, does anybody walk in to their first session with you and have supreme confidence and know what they're wanting to say? Or is this something... And I'm up... I'm asking for a friend, Beatrice. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, because it's it's a process that I have started recently because of a book that I'm writing. And I think the process has been fascinating because I, I meet many people and maybe because it's the nature of the Sense Network and people who don't really feel that they necessarily fit in. We, we make a real virtue mm of being a community of people who see things differently and think differently and um, often are from completely different worlds than the world that you may have lived in. So I encounter this a lot, but certainly throughout my career in the loosest possible terms, <laughs> sometimes telling that story has been very, very difficult and I really struggle and I have prototyped many different stories I'm getting better after 20 years i'm getting better but i would i'd just be intrigued to sort of understand a little bit more about how some of the people that you're you're coaching and you're working with feel in that first session sort of what's what's going on for them what sort of questions are they asking you um it's interesting because you always i always spot people who feel i mean everyone feels very vulnerable um, before the sessions, during the sessions, and that's completely fine. And that vulnerability shows up in different ways. Um, I've noticed that some people show that vulnerability by asking, what can I do before the session? Like what work can I, how can I get ready? How can I prepare? And there isn't really a way uh, for preparing for uh, the first session because it's really just 
you know, thinking and asking me, asking questions and then answering. In the very first session, I'm always aware of that, aware of the fact that it's a, it's a process, that it's a vulnerable process, which doesn't mean we are all going to cry, <laughs> but we might, and that's fine. You know, it, it needs to be a very safe space and it needs to be not me teaching you know, something to my coaches, but it's more like, okay, let's dig in and I will ask the, the right questions that will help you to, to dig deeper into things that maybe you haven't thought about before. And also to find the right ways to, uh, to share the story eventually. But yeah, the first session, it's really just, you know, admitting or thinking about actually the starting point of the um, uh, of the process where are we starting from but also just admitting that it is going to be vulnerable it is going to be more about like equals you know um having this space a safe space where we can talk and we can answer questions and that's completely fine may i ask what sort of questions might you ask someone in that first session just bring it to life for us take us on that that journey of the first session <laughs> like i think i think it would be really great to hear but i think it would be amazing if um you know if, if people wanted to go on this journey with you so i was sort of asking to sort of understand a little bit more about yes i i hear you loud and clear i can really understand how you you'll be very vulnerable and actually when you get to your story there may be things that you haven't wanted to talk about and that can trigger some emotions so when you are in that session what are some of the the questions that you might ask to to sort of help people get their story out well the very first question is really a simple one like where are you starting from i mean what's the what's the shape of your story now and i might ask people to uh, share their stories with me right away but then other questions might be follow-up questions to their statements for instance you mentioned before that sometimes sharing your story had been very very difficult and I would ask you what made it so difficult or why do you think um, it was very difficult or who were you speaking to you know, we want to make sure that we understand the context as well. And also that we understand what we are actually thinking, like whether it's us judging ourselves, whether the, the difficulty in sharing the story came from. So we want to, it's like a running a diagnostic in a way. And so once you've started this, just something that you, you mentioned earlier, the idea of sharing the story is a gift, but it's not just a story it's a performance as well did i hear you correctly earlier when you you talked about the performance could you could you tell us a little bit more about how you think about that and mm. you know if there's anything that people listening could start to understand this difference between this the storytelling and the actual performance itself i think that we are all very much familiar with the performance of the story what i mean by performance of the story is a person standing on a stage or writing and then, you know, creating, giving that story out, like the, the TED talk, the speech, the, the chapter of the book. That's how the story is performed. And when we see the performance of the story, then we, we think about, oh, look how eloquent he is or, or they are. Look at how, you know, they don't, they, 
they say the story very fluently or look at the poses, look at how they move or look at the hand gesture or look at the, the, the tone of the voice. That's all the performative part of the story. And those are all things that can easily be learned because there are so many books, so many references, so many courses. And when I started working as a business storytelling coach, what I really wanted to do was to position myself before that. So before we actually perform the story, we need to know the story and we need to have the confidence in our story. And it's not the confidence in, the, in terms of how I show up on stage or how I write or how I don't make mistakes or how I tell the story in the perfect way. It's the more of the confidence in, you know what, this is my story. You can agree, you can disagree, you cannot, you can you might not relate, but this is it. You know, I accept it, it's mine and now I can share it. And this is what I really want to work with people on. The performance, the performative part, it's it's in a way it's the easiest part of the storytelling process. Before we spoke, I did do a little bit of um, poking around and looking at some of your work. And one thing really struck me that I think is something important that it would be remiss not to mention it during the session. It's the importance of listening to. I think that's something that's big. It's certainly one of your, is it one of your values, I think, uh, the listening piece too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember when I was starting to share content on storytelling. When you went on social media, there were all these posts of what people ate and their plates and their food and, you know. And oftentimes, and this is also because I'm an introvert, but oftentimes I would look at those and I would be like, why? I mean, what's the actual purpose of it? And I think that what some of these, I mean, I don't know the content of all of these kind of posts, but some of these were missing the point of what their audiences actually wanted to hear about because when you come when it comes to storytelling because it is a gift that you give to others you want to make sure that it's the right one in a way and you want to make sure that you also package it in the right way so listening is both about listening to understand what kind of content people need to hear for instance if I as a leader realize that my my team members are burning out. I'm not going to share a story about my vacations, you know, and how nice it was. Or, you know, I'm going to share a vulnerable story of when I felt like I was burning out and why it was important to tackle it and how I did it and why I understand them as well. And... So it is listening in the broader sense, like listening, like observing and listening really with our ears, but also listening not to give an answer, but rather to understand. Because then we know what is the actual content that people uh, that people need. And it's obviously listening in terms of observing who are you talking, who you are talking to. Are you talking to teenagers? Are you talking to children? Are you talking to parents? Are you talking to adoptees? Who are you talking to? Because the way the the, um, the way you tell the story will change based on your audience. So it is very important uh, to understand who you are talking to. And when I say audience, I really mean like everyone. It can be 
that you're giving a speech, that you're writing a book, that you are explaining something. And that's really because the idea of storytelling, the way I perceive it and the way I think it should be, it has it needs to have a purpose. It's not just sharing the story per se or sharing the story because my story is nice or it's interesting or, you know, it has a purpose. And because it has a purpose and in in order for that purpose to, you know, to come to 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 be helpful, it needs to be the result of a listening process. So it cannot just be me sharing the story. It's me sharing the story because it makes sense for those people in this specific moment. In other words, read the room, meet people where they are. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Before and during. Now, I can't help but ask you a question. You mentioned the I word, the introvert word. And I wanted to (laughs) ask specifically, is it more difficult for introvert people to tell their story? Or do you have a different view on that? Because I I, I do. I've purposely asked the wrong question. but, (laughs) But I thought it would be interesting to hear your response to that question. I think that generally speaking, I would say yes. It is more difficult, but not because of the introverts, because of how storytelling training and courses are presented. So it's not our fault. <laughs> it's more the fact that what the tools that are out there to learn how to do storytelling are more shaped around people who are closer to be extrovert than introverts. And it is an assumption that you know, has always been there that extroverts and extroversion means that you will talk more and you are, you know, uh, you can share the story, you can be on the stage, everyone can be on a stage. An introvert, an ambivert, an extrovert, everyone can be on a stage, but you need to give an introvert the right, the tools that would work for them to tell the story. And how do those tools differ or how do those approaches differ, would you, would you say, in your experience? There are different things that I look at. For instance, I um, I recognize the fact that sometimes people need introvert people, introverted people need more time before the story is performed, and we want to know that they might also need more time after uh, the story is performed. So if you uh, maybe people who are extrovert and they uh, they present, let's say that someone is giving a TED talk and they are very extrovert, and then they're very excited at the end of the talk, and they go around, and and they meet every single person, and then they're all excited. But for an introvert, they might want to reduce, for instance, the amount of time that they spend after the TED talk, or after the talk, you know, interacting with people, and then they might just want to go away for two days (laughs) and recharge (laughs) in solitude (laughs) without anyone present. But, you know, we need... You need an introvert to tell you these kind of things. And you need someone who has been there to, to tell you these kind of things. Because oftentimes the assumption is that, oh, no, you are speaking in public or even for leaders, you are speaking in public, you're speaking to your employees or you're speaking to, you know, any um, type of followers that you have. And to do that, you have to be an extrovert. You don't. You just need to tap into what m- helps you, what works for you. Very good. I wanted us to, to, to change the conversation. We've been talking about individuals, but you work, you mm-hmm. say, within the corporate space. 
Um, do you work with just individuals or do you work with teams as well? I work with both. Actually, in the corporate space, I primarily work with teams. And, and how do you specifically help teams? It can be different things. Sometimes they are looking to learn how to articulate a story better, especially the communication teams, and they want to articulate the story better internally. So we do storytelling training. So I teach them a framework to uh, to use so that they can share a story in a, in an effective way. Sometimes it's about reconnecting with each other, you know, after these past years of not seeing people in person, of not being in the office, and even now the hybrid space, organizations are really looking for ways to reconnect, reconnect uh, people to each other. And it's not just um, a good thing to do. It's also a necessary thing to do if you want people to work better with each other. You want you don't want them to be silos. You want to really be like working together. Um, so yeah, sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's about uh, coaching the group and you know realigning the the team with the um, with the goals and with the shared purpose. Sometimes it's about understanding, helping the team to understand and to listen to others, especially external stakeholders. So it, it differs how uh, it can be used, but there are so many different ways that we can use stories within the organizations. Yes, it's an essential part of culture building as well. It's the law, it's the stories that actually form the culture. And like like you said earlier, if you have a colleague who is burning out, you don't tell them about going on holiday. You, you try and <laughs> share some stories around maybe how your values or your ways of working can be used to, to help ease that situation um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and remedy it. So yeah, I'm a strong believer in, in that too. So I can't have a conversation with you about storytelling without asking you what your favorite story or the best story or the most compelling <laughs> story, I'll let you choose. Is there a memorable story that you have that works really well And I'd love to know why it works so well. Maybe it's your story. I don't know. (laughs) There are different stories that worked very well for me. One that comes to mind now, it's a TED Talk. She's the, the executive producer and the creator of several TV series, Shonda Rhimes. I think this is one of the most recent ones that I, uh, that I can remember. And the reason why I found that it worked really well, I mean, is first because she's not, I know that she's an introvert person. So I know that her starting point is not, okay, this is natural for me. This is what I do every single day. Although because she's a writer as well for TV shows, one could assume like, oh yeah, she's fine with telling stories, but it's very different telling someone else's stories and telling your story. And in her TED talk, she talks about how, basically she talks about how she burned out from her job and how she wasn't motivated anymore. But the way she said that, how she brings you into the moments, the exact moments when she realized that she wasn't passionate anymore with her job and how she um, she learned to be passionate again and how she learned the type of 
um, balance that she needed in her life in order to be both a, a, a happy mom, but a happy um, producer and writer as well. I think that's a story that works very well because you can see how vulnerable she is, but she also brings you to those specific moments. And then there is a, um, there is a resolution, which isn't the end of the story because we don't know what happens next, but we know that there was a problem. She noticed it. We know exactly when she noticed it. And then she, she unexpectedly found a solution. I'll have to look that one up and we will put it in the, in the links at the bottom. Now, whilst we've been talking, I mentioned at the beginning, one of the things that we often share are stories of other members of the network. And in, in fact, sometimes it's when we, we read those stories, um, we think to ourselves, oh, it'd be amazing to talk to this member of the network on a podcast. So this is a slightly more dynamic uh, way of of telling stories through through this conversation but it did strike me that we should definitely ask your opinion on the structure the questions and the guidance that we provide on helping people to tell their stories i think this would be a very cool thing to do because we know how important stories are in remaining competitive in the workplace you know what you know not only what are your it's not just your you know, so often, and this is one of my criticisms of CVs, they're very biased, if you like. They, 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 they kind of tell just one side of the story. And often it's just the, it's the academic story and, and the work record. But one of the things that we talk about a lot is, you know, you are more than your job title. And, you know, can you, um, you know, what is the modern CV what should really be on there and I think that's you know one of the really important things that um, we're often looking for at Sense Worldwide are you know just taking a bet on themselves or, or taking a risk at some point in their life or done something unexpected or you know they've got a backstory where they've lived in eight different countries which gives them a very <laughs> different perspective but these sorts of things don't really get asked you know you sort of get asked how you did at school and and school for some people is a very long time ago and it wasn't a particularly great experience and you know what are those other things that we can use to define ourselves so one of the things that we always try to do with the sense stories is try and try and tease out those those other perspectives but i think that we i'd i'd certainly love to, to to follow up and 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 work with joya to see if we could design a really great way of of helping people to sort of tell their stories and well maybe um also work with work with you as well one-on-one -on -one if that was if that was uh useful for them but i've slightly jumped ahead because one of the things I'd, well i'd love to love to hear if you have any thoughts in response to that yeah i think it's a very good point and i agree with you there is definitely something wrong with the way uh, cvs are are asked to be created because there are so many things you cannot tell from a cv and so many things that you cannot share on a cv and also, regarding the, um, the educational side, some of, you know, this traditional approach of writing CVs, it's not even inclusive enough because some people haven't gone through the traditional educational path 
but still they are amazing and they will do so well in a job, but they don't get to tell that story because they're asked to write down like what, which university, college or whatever they, they've been to. I do, however, have some hope in this regard because from conversations that I had with some of my clients, they actually ask themselves, how can we make sure that we attract those people whose CVs are not traditional? Where do we find them? What kind of questions do we ask them so that they can share those kind of, um, those kind of stories? So there we are slowly going towards a different way of employing people. But yeah, I do agree with you that the traditional way of doing CV is not enough to understand, even to understand whether a person is a good ad to the organization, like whether the, the culture of the person or the values of the person actually match the company values as well. You know, And even for the person applying, it's very difficult to understand that. So I feel like both places, both the CV and both the employer should uh, should improve their storytelling. I mentioned uh, mentioned the book that I'm working on, and that is very much, as you know, one of the things that's very important and central to what we do at Sense Worldwide is the idea of cognitive diversity. So people who see things differently and think differently and the value of having a good mix of those people when it comes to innovation. Because one of the things that we've learned from our academic research with UCL is that if you can get the right mix of cognitive diversity, so people with those different perspectives who have had different journeys through life and different experiences, then that can often lead to bigger, better breakthrough results when it comes to innovation. And when you look at how the world is changing in terms of our education, in terms of the technology, machine learning, artificial intelligence, what will keep us competitive as humans is our human ingenuity, our, our creative intelligence. And it's how do we articulate that and how do we begin to capture that? And that's something that we're very interested in. So. Uh, this is one of the things that we are or I'm exploring in the book is the importance of this in organizations and actually trying to legitimize this because we have come across many organizations in the past who are, are very good at doing you know very particular things but they do not have this ability to innovate or think creatively about the future which then stops them from being competitive and not necessarily staying um uh, up with the times and so this is for us something that's really important in terms of how we tell those stories and and what is it about those individual human stories that can be very valuable when we work as a team um, and you know how we can actually make make the world a better place with one not wanting to sound uh, too trite when I say that this is also something that I taught. I was actually doing an internal facilitation, the facilitation of an internal event last week uh, for a client. And this is one of the things that they really wanted to work on. So how do we get different ideas? And, you know, when you are into this space, it sounds, you know, very basic, you know. If you want different ideas, you need different minds in the same space. 
it goes without saying because same mind or same kind of thinking, you know, bring same results that should be obvious. But it is, you know, I understand that it might be challenging or difficult or some people just or some organizations might not be aware of that. But it, it yeah, especially with the hybrid space that we are where we are living now, it is a very great moment to to start experiment on that to start having different voices um and you know finding them in different places not going through the traditional channels to find different voices i'm so pleased to hear that that um because we certainly believe after after 20 years of working this way that it is finally even though we we celebrate ideas that come from the fringes and the edges of culture we're, we're very pleased that this idea is beginning to enter the mainstream now and seems to be a question that, that more people are asking themselves but as I mention questions um, that people are asking themselves I often ask guests if there is anything that they are working on or ideas that they'd like feedback on that the Sense Network could potentially help with is there Anything that you have right now, Beatrice, that you would like to talk to the network about or get feedback on? Yeah, I don't know whether it will be feedback or talking about it or trialing, but something that I'm really keen to both demonstrate but also um, analyze better is this idea that storytelling can help leaders become leading more effectively, more efficiently, and also on a human level, it can help them as well. And I'm particularly interested in how um, being coached in business storytelling, so in how to use stories within your workplace to lead, to engage, to motivate people, to inspire them, and then also to take them to action can help, especially people who have been historically underestimated to be more aware of their own stories, so be happier people, but also more effective leaders. And I know that from my experience, I never consider myself a leader, although I remember a specific moment when my teacher in middle school told me that I was a leader and I thought she was, you know, talking to someone else or she was wrong. So I understand that not everyone, even people who are in a leadership position, don't feel like they are leaders. And especially when there are other backgrounds information or heritage or, you know, orientations, anything that made you feel historically like you, that you are valued less, that might hinder the way you believe in your story and your confidence as well. And as a result, how you lead people. So right now I'm really interested in having this experience of coaching leaders in business storytelling and then seeing, documenting their progress within their organizations or within their teams. So anyone, I suppose, in the network, in the Sense Network, who would like to reach out, it can be either on LinkedIn or via my, my website, they can just let me know whether they would like to be part of this journey or this process, or they know someone who would like to be part of it. So Beatrice, if people want to reach out to you, how should they contact you? Yeah, um, they can go on my website, which is kabutakapua.com, K-A-B-U, 
T-A-K-A-P-U-A.com or they can find me on LinkedIn as well. There is this very nice thing where if people type Beatrice storytelling, I'm the first name that comes out. So that would be easy. Wow, that's impressive. Number one in the Google slot <laughs> for Beatrice and storytelling. Okay, well that's that's fantastic and I'm and I'm sure people will be reaching out and dropping you a line. I would just like to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story, Beatrice. Did you have any questions or final thoughts that you would like to share? Not a question. I think just an invitation for anyone who's listening and who's thinking, yeah, all these storytelling talks is really interesting, but I don't have a story to tell. I really just invite everyone because I know that I, I also thought like that. I would really invite everyone who is listening to just, you know, give yourself five minutes thinking about your story, what it could be. And who might be interested in, or who might need actually to to listen to it? And then, if you want to reach out and let me know what came out, that would be great. I think that is a lovely way for us to wrap up our conversation today. So I would just like to say thank you again for your your time and your perspective and uh, sharing your ex- storytelling experience with us. Thanks to you. Thank you for listening to Extreme Perspectives brought to you by Sense Worldwide. We'd love you to join this conversation using the hashtag Extreme Perspectives. If you enjoyed it, leave us a review. The Sense Network collaborates with many of the world's most innovative companies to help them be more innovative. Join us at thesensenetwork.com or get in touch via email hello at senseworldwide.com.